Hey. Hey, Trista. What's up? How's it going? Hey, Casey. What's, how, how you doing? Um, I, I'm doing okay. I had a minor mental breakdown this morning. That's okay. We're, we're rolling. That's we're going it through sometimes. it. That is how it be sometimes. Today's episode, uh, special guest. It's a uh, surprise. It's my dad. Um, <laughs> very we're be, special guest. Very Top special gosh. guest. <laughs> we're going to be talking about politics at home. woo so, uh, yeah, yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> Stay tuned and uh, we'll get rolling here in a sec. Welcome back. I'm Tristan. I'm Casey Daw. And we're PS still growing. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> it's been Dude, it's know. been a few episodes. I don't know. I mean Yeah. But oh yeah. So oh, today, hi. Uh welcome to us hanging out. And today we're hanging out with my dad. So we're gonna be talking about um politics at home. Um, which means that he's going to be talking about his um, upbringing a little bit in small town Idaho to um, the Seattle area and raising me with slash without politics. Um, but I'll let him uh, introduce himself. So dad, go for it. Hi, I'm Craig Daw, Casey's dad. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what that means but that's what i mean to a actually i'm um what i'm no, to a uh, the very last day of virgo so oh, I'm like right, oh right on that cusp same i'm cancer and Leo. i don't know same, what the right next the one cusp. is i think it's, it's the uh, libra libra Libra, Libra yeah, because Connor's Libra, a Libra. Libra. I can oh, that. yeah, that's right. Yes, Connor yep. is a Libra. Okay, yeah, so um, I'm that. Uh, <laughs> let's see, I'm old. I'm born in the 60s. So, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> 64, right? Married, uh, 63. Yeah, oh, okay. 60. No, I'm not 60. I'm 56. Right. Am I 57 now? Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna be 57 in a few days. Yeah. Nice. September. Linda uh, peeping in. Oh my gosh. That sounds like an old age, wow. but you don't look that old, Craig. You're <laughs> no, with you. that young dad look. No. I, I even shaved a little bit today for, for the Zoom call. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. It's like we're lucky. Oh, uh, let's see. What else? Fun facts about myself. Okay, so I'm married to Linda, Casey's mom. Um, I'm a white male. Linda's obviously Japanese-American, uh, third or fourth generation. So Casey, I think, has explained she's she's biracial. Yay. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have two kids. Two what? Kids, two? Con <laughs> yeah. Connor's 23 now. 23 is he 24 he's he'll a, be 20, 24 in, in october, october. yeah fun fact he has the same birthday as zach efron so shout out to zach efron uh if you're listening <laughs> just kidding imagine 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And oh I am God. 22. Yeah. Oh, if you're 20, you're 22. Mm-hmm. Oh, then he's got to be 24. Mm-hmm. He's turning 25. Yeah, I'm then. pretty sure Connor's 24. Thank you, Tristan, for keeping track for me. <laughs> 25. That's what I thought. I know. I know. I thought. I'm I was old. like, I'm pretty sure we're horrible, the same age, body. but I don't know for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, oh! I'm sure he's oh, no, gonna be kidding. yelling a Zoom call. No, yeah, he'll be mad. Podcast. We'll definitely, we'll definitely get yeah. some angry texts for that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, what? Yes. And Craig's a vandal. Oh, that's Talk right. I'm a second-generation vandal, so my Ooh. father was a vandal as well, and uh, my mother. What? Um, they were married at the time. Um, and mom worked in the bursar's office when dad was going to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. And they lived, sorry, cut you off dad, but grandma, grandma and grandpa lived in the parking lot in a trailer. That's right behind gamma Phi. No way. Yeah. And then dad. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Yep. And then dad lived in Elmwood apartments, which is like literally right across the street for a, a year. Oh my right. God. Yeah. Casey, you're like carrying on the Vandal family right. torch. Right the now. torch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Go be I a beast. And what did you major in, Craig? I know you did something computer science, right? Yeah, computer science. Uh, so what is that? And then you, sorry, keep going. I just want to know about this part. I don't know a ton of information about this part of your life. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, there's kind of a bit of a crazy story behind that, but... I don't know if you want to hear it. I'll tell it real quick. Hell yeah, I want to hear it. So, well, I also had um, three older brothers and they all were vandals as well. My second brother um, had a friend uh, in the fraternity as well uh, that came and visited. And he recommended when I was in high school, recommended that I um, get into computers, do do a major in computer related stuff. He actually recommended that I do there's sort of two at the time I was going to school there there was actually two different computer programs going on one was kind of out of the business school mm-hmm. and the other one was out of the engineering school mm-hmm. so <laughs> so somehow I don't know how I did this I can't I kind of screwed up and I signed up uh, for the engineering one instead of the business one and so when I got to school there I, I ended up, you know, I was all confused about the whole process and everything. I was like, what, you know, so I went and talked to my advisor and I didn't really notice that I was signed up for the engineering thing. And she told me these classes that I needed to sign up for. And um, so I did, and they were all the engineering classes and I didn't, didn't pay a bit of attention and for a while. And then I was like, Oh shoot. This is all engineering stuff. This is yeah. Really this is not my hard. <laughs> yeah, but I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll I'll just stick it. I can always change my major later or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just stuck it out and I just I just did it. So no way. Yeah. What and you met what you? <sighs> That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. And mom, yeah. mom yeah. did copsi too, right? Uh, she started in accounting. And then she, oh. she took some programming classes out of um, sort of the accounting side of things mm-hmm. and liked it a lot. And so she switched, I think, 
uh, after her freshman year. So, and then, okay, so then you and Linda meet and get married, and you're in Seattle. And I don't know. I don't know if it uh, went that quite that smoothly. Just know, there's a couple years in there, yeah. right? There's a breakup, maybe. Uh, well, we met oh. when we we, uh, we met when we were freshmen. We were both freshmen the same year, but we. Um, and through my brother and her sister, they were um, friends. And they introduced us and told us all about each other before we ever met. And I just remember the first time I met with her, she, she, she it was like at farmhouse and she comes in and she was like, she was kind of hyper, I, it seemed like to me. Anyway, she looks right at me and she goes, nice hat. And I was what wearing, hat were you wearing? I don't know. I was wearing some stupid hat. I, I all I have are farmer type hats and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beginning of the end. Yeah. Well, so we didn't. Yeah. There was a there was a thing there that happened where we got set up, and she asked me to dance, and that didn't happen. And we didn't really go out for the entire time till we were like seniors. We used to study together a lot, a lot. Um, but we never really went out until we were seniors. Interesting. And then you guys, I know you got married at 26. You shared that when I visited. Yes. Yeah. That's like, we went out. Um, we, we both ended up in Seattle. Linda's sister lived in Seattle and I got a job at Boeing in Seattle. And so we both sort of ended up in Seattle and started going out then. We went out for like three years before we got married. And you guys eloped, right? We did. We didn't want to have a big, huge wedding. So we just told everybody we were going to Hawaii and anybody who wanted to come could come. So that's what we did. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Yeah. yeah. So, Pretty sweet deal. Uh, highly, highly recommended. That way you spend your money on a vacation instead of just a wedding. I am going to take a note right now. No, like for real though. I like that. I enjoy that idea. Like destination. Yeah. It was, I mean, we sent out we sent out um, announcements and all that kind of stuff, but we just told people we were going to do it in Hawaii. So if you want to come have um, at it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you, sorry, what is your, you ended up working at Microsoft forever, right? What was the deal with that? Yeah. Um, shall we start there or do you want to start from the, from the town? Oh yeah. 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 Let's go back. Here we start chronologically. Do, 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 yes. do. Rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> rewind. Okay. Be kind, okay. rewind. Okay, so. <laughs> well, we can get to Seattle questions. later. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the first question that me and Casey kind of have is what were politics like at home in, I guess it's like the 70s and 80s, right? right? Yeah. And a small town in Idaho, like just a little rundown. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so. My hometown was Hanson, Idaho. It's in Southern Idaho, not too far away from Twin Falls, Idaho. It's about 10 miles um, south and east of Twin Falls. It's this teeny farming community. The town itself is, was, when I was growing up, population 417. Ooh, tiny. Tiny, very tiny. Uh, tiny. Yeah, when I was in middle school, I guess they put in a we called it a trailer court. It was basically a built out and people put like double wide trailers in it. And then they put, you know, it was permanent. It wasn't their mobile homes, but not really. They, 
they put them in there and they sat permanently basically. Yeah. And then they built a housing area that, that had manufactured homes in it. The kind, you know, you see on the highway that are half, half a house and then they put them together on a pad. That was when I was in middle school. So the, the, the population of the town doubled basically from 417 to around a thousand by the time when I was in my days, it it was called junior high, but yeah, um, middle (laughs) middle school. (laughs) And my parents um, owned a little mom and pop grocery store in the town. So called uh, Dawes IGA at the time I was growing up a little uh, mom and pop shop. Dad did all the butcher um, produce. Mom did all the the ordering of the the groceries and the kids did all the, Mm -hmm. you know, labor. Yeah. The work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they had other employees too, but we did like growing up, I was, we always did, you know, put the groceries on the shelves and filled the coolers and swept the floors and filled uh, uh, back then those days uh, they did recycled uh, most all the pop and stuff were in glass bottles and you got 10 cents if you returned the glass bottle so everybody just bringing in these nasty, heinous bottles that they picked up from the borrow pits and stuff to try and get their 10 cents back. And then we had to sort all the bottles in the back based mm-hmm. on the manufacturing. Uh, anyway, stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So small, small town. I worked in the grocery store when I was a little kid. Um, my high school uh, was when I graduated had around 80 and that was all four grades, freshman to senior. Oh, wow. Yeah, my graduating class had 20 in it. That's tiny. Nice. And you grew up with those kids, right? It's like the same group all the way through. Pretty much. There was a cool set yeah. of kids that I grew up with all the way through. And I'm really good friends with a few of them still. I mean, I just saw one last weekend, for instance. Oh, so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's who uh, Connor's named after, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Jeff and John Connor were some guys, twins, actually, that I grew up with. And their last name, Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, and we named Connor. Wow. I like that. I didn't know that. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah, how cute. kind of fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so small town Idaho. We're in conservative Idaho in the, like, 60s, 70s, 80s. And what, like, so Casey had mentioned before that your parents were, like, the only, like, liberals or, like, Democrats in the area. Like, is that true? That, that is, that is true. I, I didn't really know that as I was growing up. Um, They actually did a pretty good job, uh, explicitly, I think, of sort of hiding it. They, they own the only little grocery store in Hanson and they didn't want to anybody alienate alienate people we um I the other thing I should mention it's a very very large population of conservatives around and and LDS as well oh okay is very large there in southern Idaho and particularly in our in our area Mm -hmm. um yeah and so they're they weren't explicit about their political views mostly I think um originally just so that they didn't lose business at the store well yeah that's a move for sure absolutely yeah they didn't allow political posters or anything in the store they didn't put up posters at home or anything so um and as a kid 
I don't know how much you remember your kid and politics, but I didn't pay a lot of attention to politics when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I do remember some sort of big things that happened when I was a kid. The Vietnam War, of course, was going on in the 70s and mm-hmm. flower power and all that kind of stuff. I remember Watergate and Nixon. Wow. Um, Those are like really big moments to live through. That's like incredible. Sorry. I just think about like we're living through history right now, but like looking back, like there were so many things that were going on that like, did you, and I don't know, did you like feel like, like, I don't know, like in all that's changing during that time period, like, did you see that effect like in a small town or no? Um, oh, well, I mean, the biggest impacts that we had, particularly in the seventies, and that we felt the most there was a there was a big um jimmy carter was president and there was an energy crisis that happened where the inflation went way up and fuel prices went way up and the availability of fuel was down i just remember really long lines at our grocery store at the gas pumps at our groceries they had some gas pumps outside and and the prices of gas were really high and people were lining up um a long way you know because there was a fuel shortage as well. So fuel shortage and the availability of gas, when we get it, people would line up um, long, long ways to, to just wait in line for gas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Stock up. Stock up on toilet paper, but it's gas. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) Right though. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And and Watergate, of course, that was a, that, that, it seems like a short amount Watergate happened, but it actually happened over like, it seemed like 18 months or it was a, it was a really long time. So it was in the news every single day. It seemed like something was going on in Watergate at the time. And, and your like news source at that time was just newspaper or did you like watch what I don't, was it like radio news? What is the media here? It was a combination. We did certainly didn't have cable news or social media and that kind of stuff, of course. And, and, we did have TV and it was, <laughs> it was even a color TV, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. that's impressive. <laughs> 13, 13 channels. It did change it manually. And no, no remote or anything. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so we did have news. Um, it was, it was mostly um, major broadcast news. So NBC, ABC, CBS, and you got your news from in the evenings, mostly from these, um, you know, Walter Cronkite types. I don't yes. know if you've heard that. But yes, yeah. I have, yeah. Very, it uh, seemed to me like really different than today where the broadcasters themselves prided themselves, I think, mm-hmm. and maybe it's my opinion, on being very unbiased about the news. They tried to, they tried to be unbiased in their opinions and they tried to sort of represent sort of the national perspective, not just a, a party perspective or whatever. So, yes. Um, yeah. But certainly there was a lot of uh, trying to be critical of what Nixon was doing, but still be unbiased about the whole process. And so it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting time. And they, they gave a lot of, uh, you know, equal air time to both sides. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you've talked about Carter. You've talked about Nixon. Who was the first president that you remember something about? Like, what? at what point did you realize, oh, politics are a thing and I should maybe pay attention? Yeah. Um, I guess sort of the my first sort of personal interest in politics 
was probably I wasn't I was in high school probably before I actually really started um, paying attention to politics. I remember every morning I drive to school. I didn't have to drive to school. We didn't live that far away, but it was in high school, and so yeah, wanted to drive. Yeah, wanted- it was pretty close. It's just like a few blocks away, really. But you know, everybody would park, and you'd line up in your parking Not spot, and everybody had their parking <laughs> spot and all that stuff. Anyway. Um, I would listen to the radio on the way to school, and I remember Ronald Reagan had just become president um, in uh, 80, I guess, and I uh, he would give radio addresses on a regular basis, and I would listen to Ronald Reagan. Um, it, this is just after Jimmy Carter, too, and so we had all this crap that happened with Jimmy Carter, the, the energy crisis, and all the stuff that I talked about. Inflation was way up and everything. And so I'd listen to Ronald Reagan and, and his ideas, basically, his vision for the country and stuff. And so I was kind of reeled in by him as a president. He's a very engaging speaker. He was he was an ex-actor, and so he knew how to present himself really well. Um, he was a governor of California, too, before yeah, he became yeah. president. So it wasn't that he wasn't familiar with politics like the current president. He ooh, actually ooh. had some political <laughs> experience before he yeah. became president. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was very engaging. And so I uh, I actually identified mostly through the, the stuff that, that was happening in America before um, he became president and so yeah so that's when I think I first sort of really started paying attention to politics Mm -hmm. um interesting I like that so how many okay so how many presidents have you lived through like total I know I want to let I want to count them up almost let's see I can I can I have I have a reference I can look okay perfect I was about to Um, google uh jfk was actually uh john f kennedy was actually president when i was born and he was assassinated uh three months i was three november i think i was born in september and he was assassinated in november so yeah i have absolutely no recollection yeah, but of I, yeah. that's insane that you were like alive for that that because that's like interesting Big moment Sorry, yeah. okay, keep going yeah he yeah so right. he was the first he's he was the first he was the first president for me anyway. yeah mm-hmm. um let me go through the list of uh lyndon b johnson which i have no no Memory recollection of, of yeah. at all before hubert humphrey which i don't have any uh, uh ran against richard nixon so then i remember richard nixon of course oh, okay okay and Nixon was two terms, and so he got impeached the second term. And Gerald Ford, which I remember, took over for him uh-huh. um, when he got impeached, but lost in the next election to Jimmy Carter. Okay. So Jimmy Carter was president for just one term. And then Ronald Reagan beat Jimmy Carter and was president for two terms. And then there was George H.W. Bush oh, okay. for two terms. George W. Bush for two terms, and then Obama for two terms, and then now Trump. So those yes. are all the presidents that I. Wow, I um, um that's at, a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I'm at three, um, but I only remember two of them. I I don't remember Bush at all. I just remember Obama. So, uh, um, when was Clinton in office? Because I think when did he? Because I think mine. I was born in '96, so I think. I might have Clinton, Bush, Obama. No, does that 
Yeah, that, and then Trump, I think. Um, Clinton's first term was 1992. Okay. And then he got impeached. No. He, right? He got yes. impeached on his second term, but he didn't leave office. That's I don't correct. Know. He, he only got impeached, kind of like Trump. He only got yeah. impeached by the House, but then the Senate didn't confirm the impeachment, basically. And so. Okay. Stayed in office. Interesting. Um, wow. That, sorry. That's just wild. That's like so many presidents. Um, okay. I had another question in there. Um, yeah, okay. You're so so old. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Seriously. No. Um, a lot of history. So it's a lot of history to live It for. is. It is. Absolutely. And just like such changing times. Like you were literally born in the sixties and like, we think about like, like desegregation and like, like the, Civil rights movement. Civil, exactly. Like, I mean, like, there's like, still you're young, but like, those things are happening. And that's like insane. So, like, what it was the like, was it mo- like mainly white in your, like, is that, is it just white people in your community, in your town? Like, were there any other like people of color and like, how were they treated? Like, do you remember any of that? I do. Yeah. Um, it, it was mostly white farmers for sure. Uh, there was people of color. They were mostly, I would say, migrant workers, mm-hmm. uh, undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, none of those folks were, or their children were actually in any of the schools. Most of the migrant workers were that we, that we, um, spent any time with, um, were male or older. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked at I worked at the store, but in, starting in about middle school, I I stopped working in the store and I started working out on a on a ranch. Basically, a, they had cattle, but they had like seven thousand acres of farmland to uh, um, beans and corn and yeah. potatoes, of course, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, um, so I spent a bunch of time with actually the the migrant workers out there and we were on pipe crews together and stuff like that and so um so i had some some amount of exposure Exposure. to migrant workers and and latinos mostly yeah um interesting and then sorry i think about like i didn't really get to interact with a ton of people of color even in like my like in 2014 I graduated high school and stuff and there's a pretty large community of migrant workers in Weezer and this in the community and stuff just because of its agricultural base and stuff but um I didn't like actually get like my first like teacher of color until I went to college and that's like was it's just a really weird experience to still like go through even like in my sorry I don't know like what like what did you just like in comparison like what, what did you not like get to interact with people from like different backgrounds until college or was it still like a lot of like white people that were like from similar backgrounds as you? Uh, I think that that's accurate. Um, Almost all white. We actually had um, some Mexican Americans, one Mexican American family that actually went to our school, the Marinos. Um, And they were actually, uh, they, they were proud of their heritage too. They, Good. They had a band. They um, they did uh, a lot of Mexican uh, weddings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Celebration so dances, celebration yeah. and dances and stuff like that. Um, but ninety nine percent of my high school was um, right. just basically white. And then when you went to college, was it the same? 
Um, Idaho isn't, University of Idaho, when I went to school, there wasn't particularly diverse either, um, but Still clearly a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep going, keep going. Clearly a lot more. I mean, um, I don't think in my, any time during my, even when I graduated uh, high school, I'd interacted with any um, Middle Eastern people, for instance, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I'd ever met a black person. I don't think I'd ever met, met an African-American. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there was certainly some exposure to a lot yeah. more diversity. Um, yeah. I think, I think more than anything for me in college, it wasn't actual cultural diversity. It was diversity of ideas. I grew up in this super small town. Everybody kind of thought and acted and dressed and you were just trying to fit in you know yeah, all the time absolutely. so you were sort of in this little box and if you got out of the box it was very uncomfortable and so you spent all your time sort of in the box mm -hmm. when you got to college it was a you know, dress how you want you interacted with the people that you want because mm -hmm. you weren't worried that the other people would think that you like those people or that those people were the whatever you know yeah yeah there's no other that's like exactly. a coming together yes and so just so much more um freedom of expression mm -hmm. and and everything that happens in college and ideas and all that uh that was that was very very enlightening for me from small town Idaho, just, you know, going to school with all these people who went to bigger cities and mm -hmm. had different ideas and dressed preppy or, yeah. you know, listen to, listen to new wave music for a while. Ooh, oh, you know. ooh new wave. Oh, getting crazy up in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That was certainly my eye opening experience. The other huge eye opening experience for me going to college was I, I was, I was smart enough to get along uh, as as little as possible in high school. Mm -hmm. Education in in, in Idaho my school is, really... is garbage, and it uh, still let's, is. Yeah, let's give it's yeah. let's Ooh. give a little shout out to Idaho being the dumbest state. Like we are just <laughs> racking that shit up. Oh, like yeah. literally, though the the literal last state in education. So yep. I can only imagine if this day and age we're still last. I'm sure back in the day it's still pretty pretty rocky. Yeah. For me, that, that was, I have to be truthful, that was perfect. I didn't, I didn't, my three older brothers are super smart. Um, they're just, yeah. So yep. I kind of, I took a different route. I was into athletics and I was. Big sports guy. I was a sporty. Oh, Big we got a jock guy. in the house. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Education was maybe secondary compared to, uh, yeah, well, or down the list for sure. So <laughs> I did a lot of fishing and hunting and, and motorcycles and oh outdoor gosh. stuff. I yeah. was very, very outdoorsy and sporty. And so um, it was perfect for me growing up. I loved it. It was awesome. It was an awesome place to grow up. Um, but I tell you, the education, when I got to college, man, was I slammed. And I was in engineering class. And I was taking calculus and, you know, I had to take the bonehead classes. Probably I shouldn't say I'll call them that, but the, the lower ones the to like get college into the classes. classes. Yes. I had to take the ones before I actually got real credit for my degree <laughs> um, just to catch up. And I was so over my head when I first started, but I was like, okay, I'm just, gonna, you know, yeah. I'm going to do it. 
Yeah. So I just put my head down and I powered through and um, Here we stayed are. an engineer. Here I am, right? I got, I actually got a degree in computer science and I figured it all out. And, yeah. Nice. Yeah, did well. So. Proud of you. Um, Casey, I know. Yeah, right? Casey said, thanks for doing well, Dad. It paid off well for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would also. Um, Casey, what's the next question? Yeah. Um, before actually we get into that, I would like to note that interracial marriage wasn't legalized until four years after mom and dad were born. So the fact that they're even married right now um, is pretty incredible, I think. Like, absolutely, just, absolutely. It, it wasn't even legal when you were born, and now here you are, married with two kids. I had, I had no idea that. Connor told me that, too. He's like, didn't you know? And I'm like, you were oh, four, I so I mean, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still though wow but i still didn't know last year last year i found out i didn't i didn't know till last year yeah oh my god well i have one other high school story i have to tell you that sort of uh formed a little bit about my political opinions yes so i was a junior in high school and i was in drama actually uh i took a drama class because my older brother kurt did and and Love he was kurt. big into drama shout out to <laughs> kurt Love you. <laughs> and Hillary, miss you guys. <laughs> yes, but keep going. Sorry. Yes, they're both, <laughs> they're both very awesome, and and um, my brother Kurt encouraged me to to, and Chris also was into in, did drama as well. But they mm -hmm. both encouraged me to take this class because you know it just gets you out in front of people and learn how to speak in front of people and stuff like that. Anyway, um, part of this drama class was uh, we were supposed to do put. There were different parts of it, but the part I chose was to give a speech and then we were supposed to go to a competition and you were supposed to present your speech in front of um, judges and they'd give you, uh, you know, they give a you lot. a score, <laughs> score on. <laughs> it was, it was terrifying, of course. Yeah, it sounds like um, it. <laughs> but the more terrifying thing, you have to hear this crazy story. Anyway, um, I did my speech on gun control. Oh. And my position on gun control was... I I was actually against gun control. Wow. So okay. I did all this research. I did all this research on gun control. I was, I spent all this time and I, I already told my teacher what I was going to give it on. And I had my sort of had my outline together and everything before I did the research. Uh, and then I started doing a bunch of research into gun control and um, I still gave the speech mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. gun control. Um, I didn't play too well in front of the drama crowd, I have to say. <laughs> right. Well, but to, to be fair, to be fair, you yes. grew up small town Idaho and you were big into fishing and hunting and being outdoorsy. Mm -hmm. So that does make sense for where you were coming from. But yes. continue. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think, well, so the moral of the story and, and is in the end, I actually, I gave the speech, but I wasn't really. You didn't believe. No. Boom! There it is, folks. At the end. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god! What's do, up? do your research and then find out where you actually stand on a topic. Yes. Like, yes, and so so that was sort of a. You should kind of um, question your biases and your opinions, and do the research and really figure absolutely. out what your position is on things. So 
And you like went yeah. through that experience as a high school student, like in small, I, I don't know, like in that moment in time, like you experienced that, like maybe I should be kind of questioning, maybe I should research my opinions on these different topics. Why stuff. do I have these opinions and where did they get formed? And are yes. they really my opinions or somebody else's opinions? Mm-hmm. Yes. That yes. I'm using just to sort of fit in with everybody else. And then, yeah, so that was sort of a, a, a moment, I guess, that I woke up a little bit and started thinking, I should actually, you know, question what my real, real biases are and yeah. what my real opinions are. And then I had this really awesome government teacher that actually taught me how government worked. And, and so I became a little bit more interested in politics and government and mm-hmm. what policies are and how platforms work and what Democrats and Republicans stand for and all, all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of became at least a little armed in college at, at the point where I was able to start voting um, to understand what things I needed to actually think about. And, yeah. Cool. Cool. I like I that, that progression. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, I, I, I asked you to talk to grandma, your mom, about some things. Uh, would you yeah. like to share what she talked about with you? Go for it. What did she, what did she say? What did you ask her? Uh, well, I, I, I asked her sort of the questions that you. That we sent you. Her first memory of politics and who she voted for and those kinds of things. Um, what, what she, she said she identifies as independent mostly although under further questioning she's voted democrat almost 99 percent of the time (laughs) okay okay all right so i mean like i like that though i like that yes um i think mostly in national elections for sure or in local elections she 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 was a little bit more diverse in her in her voting practices but for the most part she stuck to the democratic platform and that was the same for grandpa too uh, my dad, he he's passed away now, so I couldn't really ask him, but they're pretty locked tight in their mm-hmm. opinions on things. And so, um, yeah, uh, mostly Democratic. They weren't, like I said, very explicit about it when I was growing up, um, but they didn't hold conservative views of things as I was growing up either when I look back on it. And yeah. so they certainly didn't. I mean, we, we, I'll say this. We went to church when I was really uh, young. So I think all my older brothers ended up, um, you know, going to church about the time I was in fourth grade or something like that. Mom had some kind of a, a a row with some at church. I've heard this story. I've heard this story from grandma. (laughs) Did you throw hands or what? Oh, no, no. But yeah, yeah, dad, you can keep going. (laughs) We won't get into that part of it, but anyway, it was sort of a little bit of a falling out with people at church. Mostly, um, it it was you know just people not minding their own business or whatever, mm-hmm. and and so uh, she got tired of that. So we we stopped going to church. So I was I was initially sort of brought up in Christianity yep. and stuff, but as we got older, we sort of stopped going to church. Um, let's see. So there was all that. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about politics in the house. Like, I mean, me and my kids, I, we, we didn't talk a lot about politics. 
No, we haven't until Connor and I like got to high school and started learning about government mm -hmm. and and then would yeah. I but even even then not that much. It's really been just in college that we've mm -hmm. uh, gotten more solid in our opinions and brought them home. And especially during quarantine, we had political talks like uh, pretty much every day because it was all four of us living together and uh, there were many, well, yeah, in your very many things through... on the news uh, yeah, going on. So, exactly. Well, you're yes. living through all that stuff and like it makes sense that that would like be well and because I mean all four of you guys are college educated, right? You yes. like, can critically think and like form opinions and I mean Craig just touched on this earlier but like that it makes sense that that would then it would like if circ uh, like yeah, I don't know. It just makes sense that that would happen, that you guys would be talking about all those things and like having conversations and sometimes like heated debates and stuff like that, mm -hmm. just because there's a lot of passion involved in that, yeah. Connor. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh, so many free texts. <laughs> and mom, mom loves her Rachel Maddow every night at 6 p.m. Oh, yeah. So that was always, yes. uh, you know, in there too. That, well, that was usually the catalyst for a lot of the discussions because Rachel brings something up and then we talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. definitely Connor is very passionate uh, about his he progressive is. policies. His progressive agenda <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me oh too, but yeah, Rachel, I would just I'm, also like to note that Rachel does skew to the left a lot. And I mean, so do we a bit, but um, that, yeah, she is biased toward the left for... But you can take a step back and, and like, evaluate media and media bias and yes. understand that you're taking in a, a new source that does, like, it's kind of reaffirming what you already believe. Yes. But, like, I mean, we, we've talked about this, Casey, but, I mean, at least you're aware of that. You're not blind to, no, my new source is the only accurate one. Like, yeah, try again, it's, honey. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's, you yeah, know, exactly. media bias, check check the media bias chart. Uh, maybe I'll throw it in uh, for the episode. I'll put the media bias chart in <laughs> Hell there. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Because I think that's important to know. Like, I, I know that what valid. I consume, very valid. yeah, what I consume is, is fairly far left, it's, but I know that and I can yeah. um, process it yep. differently. Yeah. With that, yeah, absolutely. But okay, so what did Beulah say? What else did she say? Beulah, yeah. Um, let's see. She confirmed kind of what I said. They tried not to be too um, out politically just for the purposes of the grocery store and yep. business and stuff like that. But they were definitely um, more democratic. They didn't like, uh, mostly they didn't like the Republican platform because it didn't represent the workers. It represented the corporations and the bigger corporations. And so they were more siding on workers rights mm -hmm. and workers compensation mm -hmm. and, 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 workers policies basically well, and that and makes so. sense they're like a small business owners like they're like a working class like in a small you know, farming like, town that totally makes sense yep mm -hmm. yeah most of the policies didn't benefit small business like that it was big corporations and and um farming for instance around there got a lot of gets a lot of part of the reason why farmers are big republicans is because not just because they're conservative but uh a lot of the farming subsidies and stuff like that, I think, come more from the Republican side than they do from the from mm -hmm. the Democrats. Um, yeah. So that was it. We walked through a lot of you know the presidents that she remembered and who she could vote for and that lot like that. And most of the most of the almost every single candidate was a Democratic candidate that mm -hmm. she voted for. Yep. 
Did she, um, how, I wonder how old she was when she first voted. Was she, was, was it when she was 18? When was this, um, I'm blanking on my U.S. history of the women's suffragettes. I don't know. I don't even know what year that was. Um, it's, well, for white women. Yeah. For she, white and women, which like she is. 1910. Okay, yeah. so she good. Yeah, she qualified, but she mentioned something, and I didn't look this up. I probably should. She mentioned something like the voting age changed at one point oh. or another to be a, which was, it was a higher age. And yeah. then it changed to 18. So I think she was originally 18. She wasn't um, allowed to vote that election year. It, it came later. Really? The, the thing changed. Yeah. So the first, I can't. I remember the first person that she said she voted for. I think Eisenhower, Dwight D. Eisenhower in 50, 52 or 56 was Shit. when she voted the first time. Oh my God, that, that's wild. Shit. Yeah, that's a while ago. Wild. It's, it's just, been a minute. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I want to talk about... So, like, this is a huge culture change over a long period of time, obviously, but, like, being raised in small-town Idaho in the, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, then to be in Seattle in, I mean, like, you guys were there, like, when did you move to Seattle? What year was it? 86. Oh, wow. So, you've been there, like, for, like, quite a long time, and, like, I feel like Seattle's a very progressive area. I don't know when it was back then, but like now I feel like it's a very progressive area. So like how, I don't know, like just being there and like raising, I mean, you're like in a biracial marriage, you're raising biracial kids. Like did just, I mean, kind of thinking about race, but even bigger, like politics, like what, I don't know, like what was that experience like? Like were you, when you moved there, were you still kind of like conservative or were you more like liberal? Like, I don't know, what's your deal? <laughs> What's your deal? <laughs> I was probably still m more conservative. I was definitely, you're right. Uh, Seattle was, wow, way more diverse. Yes. Uh, the, just from the evening, you know, news, the local newscasters, there were, you know, Asian people that actually gave the news and, and blacks. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a very diverse population of people who, who were giving the news. The news was a lot more diverse. It wasn't like, you know, the third ward in Kimberly's having a bake sale. It was, uh, <laughs> it, <yeah. laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. It was big, you know, it, the, the news in Seattle was a lot more diverse as well. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was very eye-opening. I, I, I actually, I started work at Boeing. Um, there was a black man in my group, as a matter of fact. So it was like, wow, my first interaction with a, with a black person um, wow. worked with me really close. Um, yeah. The diversity of just the people working there was, was, there's an international district in Seattle. Can yeah, there is. That? There's <laughs> and they've got some wow. damn good food. They got some good food in the international district. I worked there. Cultural, 
yeah. cultural museum. And yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a huge, I wouldn't say eye opener because I kind of knew that going in, but it, it was. But to experience it was yeah. still like a lot of culture shock and like, oh, like you just didn't, cause you're just not aware of things like in, I feel like this speaking from my personal experience, like I didn't even realize that like, even as a very small example, I didn't realize that there were like other types of sexuality other than straight in high school, obviously very right, very white, very conservative. Like, I don't know, like, and small minded, very Christian. And then to like, see someone else just like live their life a little bit differently. And that's like totally fine, but it's just taking that in. It's like, Oh, I never considered that. Like, interesting you know like it's just a lot to take in yeah a lot of firsts in seattle for sure that the working with a black man in a black interaction um there was a tran there was a person going through a sex change in our in our group wow um so, in, in yeah. the 80s and yeah. that was accepted like uh, at boeing nice at Boeing, no, um, let's see. I think it was like one of the first ones in Boeing to happen, and so they were still trying to put together what are all the policies, how you know, what bathroom are they supposed yeah. to use? Can they use this bathroom? Um, yeah, all, all wow, these, yeah, yeah dude, like in because, yeah, like in that moment, like wow, sorry, that's just wow, that's incredible, like especially in that time, like. I don't know of everything that would be going on. I'm trying to think of the eighties. Like that's like AIDS epidemic is like going on. Right. Like yep. all of that stuff. Like interesting. Um, wow. A lot of firsts, a lot of firsts in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I would say almost in many of those instances, I came from my small town biases and I was sort of, you know, Oh my God, this is crazy. Or this, you know, it was non-accepting, I would say, to start with. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it would take me time to really process, understand, you know, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Uh, this whole small town thing, I, it's really interesting to me. And I, it's just still a ph phenomenon. I was just back there recently. Um, and it's really... Uh, we want to protect our way of life kind of thing. And so everything that's not that is, is a threat in some way or another, it seems like to the, to, sorry, your way of life. I love my way of life. I live here for a reason. I have my guns for a reason. I'm, mm -hmm. I, you know, all of these things mm -hmm. that sort of permeate small town um, and rural culture which I totally understand. I grew up in it and I sort of lived yeah, through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you move to the city and you start experiencing all this other stuff and you're like, uh, Oh, I, now I sort of get that that's not a threat. It's actually a different way of life, yeah. but there's, much there's a lot of good things about it you know yeah um, yeah it can still like other people's like differences and can still like enrich your own life without threatening how you want to live your life exactly. like i right but no i mean i see that i really like the way you phrase that craig because like that is exactly how weezer is still you know like the same kind of experience i'm like when like i wouldn't i would say that my social like views in high school were definitely more like liberal like just like even being in a small town like I felt like I was like not like a conservative we are like this is rude but like I'm not a hick 
Like I'm not, even though I live in a small town and I live like on a farm, like I'm not a hick, you know, like, and that's like, was my line. And then like going to college and like really growing so much. And it's just, it's the opportunity to come together in a learning environment where you're exchanging all these ideas and you're, it's, you're more open-minded. You're there for a reason. You're trying to take in new information. And through that, you're taking in like, oh, people live differently than me. Like, oh, like, I mean, me and Casey, like polar opposites, right? You know, like all these things that you can take in and learn and grow so much. And then to be put back in this space after all that growth, I'm like, no, ew, like I can't, like, it's just like overwhelming at times because it's like, it's people are stuck in their ways and they're stuck in their ways and they don't, it's their, I'm being, my life is being threatened, my way of life or whatever, you know? And they're just not like, there's just no, I was trying to explain it, like even just talking to Jaden about it, like the people in this town want to be stationary. They don't want to grow. They don't, you know what I mean? Like they're no. like comfortable yeah. in yeah. their life. And yes. yeah. so I don't know, there's just like, no, it's just very, yes, it's, it's all of that. It's they, they are here for a reason. They want to live this type of life for a reason. And they, it's all these things are like threats. And it's like, exactly. what? Like, even if like one person, I don't know, like, even if they were just to experience like something other than, than Idaho, like not like, like just something different and to come back, excuse me. I think that it could be like really good for everyone, but that's like not going to happen. Like yeah. that's unrealistic. Like old farmers, like third, fourth generation farmers, they're going to have carry on the same views as their parents because it's fitting for their lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That, Breaking yeah, the cycle is the hard part. Yeah. And it, I think and it, it rests I, yeah. on the kids. Always. It, it rests on the kids at Trista yeah. pointing at herself because the only Sorry, way bit, yep, right? leaving, leaving the small town is like, that's how you do it. And pretty much the only way is like to seek higher education, which isn't available to a lot of people still, which is no, it's not, just, it's not accessible. Uh-uh. Yep, exactly. I was just talking about this uh, last night with my roommates um, that they c- couldn't go to the school that they wanted to. And they ended up in Idaho because this school is very affordable for the education that you get, which is really awesome mm-hmm. for the University of Idaho. But I think it's, it's really sad that they couldn't be challenged to go where they wanted to. And um, my friend Megan was saying I wanted to go to a, she like, her high school was really, really high level of academic achievement. And when she got to University of Idaho, she's like, I'm still not being challenged here. I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go to a prestigious grad school because I need to be challenged more than this and I'm like good for you like do it definitely right though right that like awareness like okay I'm not being challenged I need something more than this like and I don't I don't know it's like not a bad thing like kind of like Craig, how you were talking earlier, like how your school like wasn't super good at academics, but like that fit you for that time period. So like, there's, I don't know, it's like not necessarily a bad thing. And they were pushed academically and but like, yeah, I just think that, I don't know, I think that I've had a lot of conversations just because And I mean, I think the reason we wanted to do this episode too was because like politics are a hot topic at home and trying to be able to talk to your parents about things and like understanding where they're coming from. Obviously, like we're, I mean, a lot of our listeners are from Idaho. I mean, like Washington too, but like, it's like you're trying the younger generations are trying to carry on this tor- this torch of change where we want social change. We want policy change. We like, we, I don't know. We want like, 
like I don't know, like no, radical. I'm quoting radical. air quoting this radical. Quote radical. And, but yeah, but like in our in our views, like and and I'm speaking. I'm going to speak for the whole millennial generation right now. Okay. So. <laughs> no, no, Good luck. no, but I mean, like, we want change, right? Like I know, but like, and it's like change. I was talking to this with my friend Alex last night. Like we're we are putting in all this work right now that is change that we're not necessarily going to see, but it's for future generations. And it's just like, I don't know, like it's, I think it's our job as humans to do better than our parents. You know what I mean? Like it's all right. They did a good job at all these things. Like, cool. We need to like build off that and keep growing. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with all this. It's just like, it just seems like it is, it's like on the younger generations to kind of carry some of this stuff. And I think, I honestly believe that this whole political like like environment right now, if people, if every person on an individual level could have emotional intelligence, not just academic, not you're not college educated, you have emotional intelligence and you understand empathy and you can empathize where someone else is coming from to like meet on a middle ground to learn and grow and challenge those biases and challenge like where where was that opinion formed? Like is that something that was spoon fed by your parents, by your religion, by your hometown? Or is there, like are you are those views actually something you believe in? Have you researched stuff? Like, oh once I research a topic like maybe I'm not on that side. Like, you know, like maybe there's like something else to be learned out there. And yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Anyways. Case and then, talk. Uh, yeah, uh, that's okay. You're rambled. It was a nice ramble. Um, and then also, yeah, I, I liked it, but you were talking about how we are like carrying on the change, like for our future generations. And that's what our parents want for us too. But it's like, sometimes it doesn't quite line up to where, your parents want you to to be better than they were, but then at the same time, they yes. sometimes don't allow you to. And like, dad, you've been yes. really great at this for, for me and Connor, but, and I'm not talking about you in this situation, but like, do you, do you know what I mean? It's like, yes, I like, do. Oh, well, I know you, exactly what you're talking about. Especially with um, women and daughters and sexual assault. It's like, well, would not my son or like my, my you can't do this to my kid, but like, I'll do yep. it to this woman in a bar. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. I, no, well, it doesn't line it's, up. No, it's the thing. No, exactly. Casey. Sorry. It's that we're getting into this, but it's the thing that like every, I mean, I know, I know so many girls that have been sexually assaulted, but yet we don't know any rapists. We don't, oh. we don't, how does that, how does that line up? Mm. Like we oh. don't, we know like a huge group of our, you know what I mean? Like we, I mean, we know a ton of women who have been sexually assaulted, but then like, no, there's, there's no accountability on the other side. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, we like women get raped, not men rape women. I know that there are also, that's like a blanket statement. I know that there are men who also get sexually assaulted, but it's that level. I totally see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, and just even this idea, like, I and think the same about, applies to politics. About, same applies yes, to politics. Yeah. It's like, you want your kids yeah. to be like aware and and grow up and, and but you teach them and, and you want them to be educated and then once they grow past where your views are at it's like nope that's not and allowed form their own opinions yep yep yeah. No, I don't. No, I totally. And I think that this is like probably something that's happening in a lot of homes right now because like quarantine pandemic, we have huge, like Black Lives Matter. We're like all of these huge movements are going on right now and it's creating confrontation at home. But like those are the conversations we should be having mm -hmm. like on as a as a straight, able bodied female, white female in Idaho. Like it is my job to have 
tough conversations with family members and friends about like what is going on to try and like educate them and like still learn and stuff like I'm learning from them and they're learning from me but like I just don't I don't know if there's a ton of like encouragement on that right now Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like Gen Zers and like I'm a uh, young millennial no yes yes and I'm like the edge of a millennial and I just think that like those yeah I just think politics at home right now is like kind of a hot topic and there needs to be room for conversation there like needs to be room for those like topics like just I I think getting to experience how I got to go and visit Casey's family a couple weeks ago and I was there for a while and it was really nice for many reasons. Thank you, Craig, for letting me stay for so long. Um, but I think that, (laughs) um, I think that getting to see how Casey's family like interacted with like politics and they were like voting and they're each, they're each forming their own opinions about things, but they're, they're sharing information and they're having conversations about all these things. And just to experience that in a home was like really eye opening and like something I want to strive for in my, like in my home, in my family, like even here, like in Weezer, like I think that there goes, like I could be having some conversations with some of the people in my, in my household to try and, and learn and grow and like I don't know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but right though, yeah. but I don't, I'm, I'm like, I'm even having a hard time with it sometimes. And like, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I don't even know where I was going with all this, but it's just, yeah. I just think that like being able to like have like civil conversations with your family members about politics right now is like hard, like it's... very, uh, very, very hard. Right. There's, I mean, like there's obviously a divide and stuff, but like there, I think, I literally think it boils down to the, ability to empathize when you can empathize on the other person's point of view and understand like how they got to that point of view like and like vice versa then there's like a middle ground that you can start actually having a conversation with you know yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, no i agree um it's it's funny we've particularly connor and i I'll, i'll say it not so much casey or linda but connor and i we have we have very passionate they about go politics. at it they go at it <laughs> and the, and the funny thing the funny thing is is that we are primarily on the same side this is true it's just a That's- matter of degree about how far or how fast for me i i'm a i'm a data person i was gonna say you're I'm very a, logical very yes, I'm a, yep. I'm a, a he's a Virgo. I'll do it this way. I'll do it by personality. Yes. By personality. I'm TJ, which is Myers Briggs. So I'm more introverted, mm-hmm. uh, intuitive. Mm-hmm. I'm a thinker. I'm a judger. Mm-hmm. I'm very data focused. And, and so I, I, I like, I want to hear the details. I want the data and the facts. And then I think it, I, I'm, I sort of don't rush to judgment. Usually I think it through. Yeah. And so, my conversations with Connor, I'll just as an example, he's very more emotional about it. And he's, um, he's farther progressive, certainly on the, on the scale than I am. I'm probably more moderate in my politics. Um, but definitely left moderate, not yes, yes. conservative, I would say. Um, and he's, he gets very frustrated with me that I don't get to his point fast enough. Mm-hmm. or you know it, or what's obvious to him isn't obvious to me and I ask a lot of questions and I dig into a lot of data and mm-hmm. he gets very frustrated with me about it because 
he thinks maybe I'm challenging yeah, him or yep. whatever. And I am to some degree, I am actually challenging him to try to understand mm -hmm. the topic better. Um, but he definitely has drugged me, drug, sort of drugged me along in this process yeah. in, a, in a way that I probably wouldn't have at all yeah you know, oh yeah yeah and i on mean lots like of, on lots of different topics besides healthcare yep. and whether it should be the government should run it versus mm -hmm. you know whether there should be privatization mm -hmm. in some aspects of it or whatever um black lives matter we had a mm -hmm. big discussion about that and 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 uh defunding the police yes. we had a really that was a big one yeah that was um i think that I don't know if we want to go here, but I'm thinking that Craig and like, I don't know, stop me if I'm crossing a line here, but like with some of those topics, Connor coming at them with emotions, I think that there are a lot of things that play into like his identity. Like he has a lot of, I mean, we all have privilege, right? But like Connor has a lot of privilege in like, I think in an affluent way, right? You guys are like well off, he's well educated. He has a lot of like resources available to him. But on the other side is like, he is a person of color. He is not like he like is a part of the like LGBTQ like community, you know, like he's coming at these topics because in, in a more passionate way, I think, because he isn't a, a white straight male oh, in Idaho yeah. or, or I mean, not yeah. in Idaho, but well, like yeah. <laughs> in, in the States, you know what I mean though? Like, yeah. and I mean like we, and I don't, we don't have to dive in like too much of that privilege, but it's just like, it makes sense. I just looking at it from my perspective, it makes sense that like you come at it with less emotion and more data and logic, but that he comes at it with more passion. And because I think that he's experiencing a different, like a, a different world. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that he, he's been able to interact with people that ha have to face these issues too. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I mean, like, I don't know, like that, I don't know, we don't have to dive into that at all, but I think that there is something to say about, um, this idea that people like, I don't want to get political. I don't want to get into politics. Like, you know how much privilege you have in just saying that because yeah, like those policy changes aren't going, aren't going to affect you as, as much or right. It's not going to be, it's not going to negatively impact you. So like, you don't really have a dog in that fight. Like that makes sense that you like, are like, well, I don't really want to get into politics, but it's like, it's, I think so much about like, I have privilege and I privilege is something you're born with. Like there's no point in being guilt, like feeling guilty about that. There's no point in apologizing about privilege. It just, I think that it is, I feel responsible to use my privilege and whatever like privilege and power I have to like positively impact communities and people who are disadvantaged, you know? And I think that that's when we talk about, and I, I think I come at it from a more like social perspective of like, I want like, per, this is basic shit to me, but it's not to some people, but like, like, like healthcare, access to healthcare and education, like black lives matter, duh. Like, why are we still having that debate in 2020? I don't know. Like, it's things like that. And, like, I try to empathize with just the, like, not, it's not ignorance. It's just the lack of awareness around those issues. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, sorry. It's I'm just definitely, it's definitely lack of awareness. Um, I, in all those, in all those things, I, I have to tell you my, I've, had to examine my beliefs in all of those areas. Mm -hmm. um, white privilege. I'm like, what privilege? I grew up in the small town, Idaho. We were poor. I had to work my ass off Absolutely. to get Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I didn't feel like anybody handed me anything mm -hmm. all along the way. Mm -hmm. But then I got here and 
listen to other people's stories about what they had to go through to get to where they were and how, you know, I had a path to college and I had all these things, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't feel like it at the time. No, oh, was, no, it doesn't. I know. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I really identify with that, Craig. Like, so like I, like, I like am a product of poverty. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it is, I like, I'm like low income independent, like all these things. And I just have to, I have thought that too. Like I have had those same feelings and I have to check myself a lot and think like, I've every issue that I have faced has not been made worse by my race, yes. by like by the color of my skin, by my sexuality. It has, you know what I mean? I've still faced those problems, but it could, it's just a, it's just a completely different world when you add all those things to it, you know? Yes. And it's, I think it's just like understanding like intersectionality and how like each, like each part of our, our identity is going to like kind of impact those issues like how we approach those issues and how we get over them over those barriers and stuff but i i sorry that idea of privilege because initially when i think of the word privilege i think of money so oh you come from like a good family you have a stable home you have parents that care about you and you have like access to money i don't know like all those things like obviously make your life better but like that's not the end all be all you know like that's like there's there's more to it than than just money and it's like you have to remember that as you go along your life it's like that's there's money there's like place the, yeah. even just the place that you live uh who your parents are your race like just there's so many things that factor yeah. into it and just the way that you look is is like people's first oh, yeah. your physical impression appearance. of you is just like people make quick judgments and that's not even on purpose that is like that's literally just how our brains work it is yes to assess how much of a threat is this person to my well-being and that is just that's just how we have been able to survive and it's really unfortunate Mm -hmm. that now um people of color can trigger that in our brains and and make us think that there is a threat when there is not and it's just another Mm -hmm. human standing in front Mm of us Uh, exactly exactly um sorry i think about the coming around to like some social issues and just the awareness but like um i think craig i don't know like how like how receptive were you in the beginning to like wanting to change your beliefs like your your kids are coming at you with some of these issues and you're like what i'm the parent i don't know like i don't know what you're who's in charge you're under my roof (laughs) i've heard that a couple times but not recently Yeah, you've, you've said that a well, few times, I think, but not. I laid that one down. Yeah, not like uh, in recent years. It was more like maybe high school or middle school. Oh, when you needed it, you mean? Because uh, <laughs> I was such a troublemaker. Uh, yeah, you were. You were a hard kid. Not really. No. Uh, let's no. see. How receptive was I to some of these? Uh, Initially, probably not. I, like I came from my biases and stuff. I would say, um, oh, here's an example. When when Colin Kaepernick kneeled for the flag, I was like, what the hell? I'm no You're way. disrespecting our country, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the flag is what represents our country. I yes. think that's a, 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 that's that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while mm-hmm. to really understand what his, what he was trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was, yeah, my initial reaction was sort of one from that I came from, which was that I'm, that's disrespectful and, and I don't appreciate you doing that. And mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. And mm-hmm. 
what are you doing? And uh, when I first heard, I will say this, when I first heard Black Lives Matter, I was like, why, why, what? Yep. That, you know, why are you, what about everybody else's lives? And yep. you know, the whole thing, right? Yep. Um, it took me a while to really get to, oh, mm-hmm. I understand exactly what, what that means. Why? Yeah. Why it, yeah. Um, yes. Sorry. I like that. I really like that. Like, cause I mean, like the, I can remember conversations that I've had with, um, Jaden's parents who are like kind of in the middle, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's, it's, I don't like the way they're doing it or he was, he was using it or that's disrespectful and all these things. And, uh, I didn't completely understand like the, what, that meant in the moment, but in my perspective, I look at it as that is a like black man in a position of power who has a platform, like use it, use that platform to make a stance. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And like, I didn't even understand the real issue of what was going on at that moment. I was like, I'm not mad at that. Like he's like good for him for like taking a a stance and recognizing how much influence he has and stuff. And the way that, I mean, I'm a huge football fan, but fuck the NFL, like literally how they handle things. You know what I mean? Like, and they just like treat players like commodities and stuff, but yeah, yeah, that's anyways, that's like a whole nother mess, but, um, sorry. I like that. I like you like being open about that type of stuff. Um, I think, I don't know like how to phrase this, but like, and I'm not, I don't know, like putting you on the spot, but like you're like overall your generation, like you're on the tail end of the boomer and we're like, okay, boomer. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, like, so How does that make you feel. Like, <laughs> well, I get that from my kids a lot. For okay, sure. boomer. We, there was a, a short okay, phase. Boomer? I don't say that to you anymore. Does Connor? I don't think so. I, I only no. in the moments where he's actually being a boomer. No, <laughs> yes. no, just kidding. No, Connor, Connor, you know, it, uh, the discussions are frustrating at times just because the it goes immediately to sort of okay boomer your wisdom or your experience just doesn't matter because it was a different time or you were biased in some way or another mm-hmm. and so any of the sort of past experiences you have were based on different criteria and so they're no longer valid kind of a thing yeah and so well, and that doesn't make you receptive to wanting to learn and grow and take in that new information when like your whole experience is like, is invalid. Like, nope, your opinion doesn't matter anymore or whatever. Like that doesn't, that does not open a lane for conversation. Exactly. That shuts you down. You're old and a white male. And so your opinion doesn't matter because you're the enemy kind of a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, which, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That. There's a lot in there. I just like, I might, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I think that I'm trying to like, trying to form a question around like, um, I think, I don't know. And maybe, so, okay. The, the boomers that I interact with in Weezer are very conservative. They're like, you know, very, very hard R Republican. And yeah. um, yeah. And you know what I mean? And, um, but I mean, you've kind of talked about some of your guys's, you and Linda's friend group and like some of the people, you know, and how they're like pretty progressive. Right. And that's like same age range and stuff. So like, I guess my first question is like, in your experience, like, are the boomers that you interact with or like that in your friend group, like are you guys more like progressive or like conservative? Like what is the vibe like of who you interact with? Uh, 
I would say most of them are all left-leaning, okay. um, some farther than others. I would say in our friend group, I'm probably in the middle. I would mm -hmm. say Jim, you know, Jim, Casey, yeah. he's probably a lot farther. He's a lot farther. Yeah, he is um, farther and he's also louder about it. He expresses yeah. oh, okay. his opinions. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But I would say the majority of, of our group, our social group, are more um, progressive slash liberal mm -hmm. leaning. Um, I would say our, on my side of the family, relative wise, on my side of the family, all, all liberal. Hard R? Oh, no. Yeah, all surprise. Liberal. My okay. side, liberal. <laughs> even, even my brother, who's fairly, uh, actually, religious and conservative in that way mm -hmm. is 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 a hard no on on the republican platform right now and the president for mm -hmm. sure um on linda's side of the family it's a little different interestingly enough yeah which yeah. is i mean there we it's have kind of a women there. of color yeah and, yeah and they well they all married into white families yes. right so, yes. but so i think maybe that plays into it a little bit too and they all most of them live in like uh republican states yes. right um, yeah right well i wouldn't say well oregon but on the conservatives on yes. the eastern side eastern. of oregon yep. mm -hmm. yeah they're um fairfield idaho which is definitely republican territory yes. Um, one in West Seattle, though, uh, and one in Maple Valley area. So, uh, so a little bit all over. Yeah, like, a little bit all um, definitely think... more hard R Republican types over over there. Her side of the family. Yeah, yeah. which that's funny. That's like yeah, that's definitely a a... irony. No, <laughs> some yeah, some a little irony in there. We have some women of color who are um, more conservative than our uh, white uh cis male like uncles on dad's side, side. so yeah yeah um so craig back to your well, like uh, social uh, group oh, yeah, what? The, the, uh, but i think it's worth a look back at like maybe my the good question that you asked is like so how was i brought up with my mm -hmm. parents and those kinds of things and yeah. i uh, uh I can't examine that too closely. I, I, like I said, I don't really remember politics being a big thing, but I think just the way they brought us up to be free thinking and go to college and, and question things and that sort of stuff may, may have a big. Definitely. Well, definitely. Yeah, right? And yeah. then mom with well, mom. We all got out of, go ahead, Case. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you all got out of the small town and went and to a higher education and none of you moved back but also mom grew up in a similar type of area in in fruitland which is right next to weezer mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. six of the sisters they're all full technically full japanese but japanese american um mm -hmm. third fourth generation but they all grew up as if they were white their family exactly. dealt with the um the trauma internment. of being interned in the Japanese internment camps during World War II by assimilating mm -hmm. as much as humanly possible. Yep. And so yep. they grew Absolutely. up um, thinking they were white, basically. And mom is still mm -hmm. uh, in that mindset, which is, oh, we've talked about it a little bit, or we've tried to, yes. but she, yep. yeah, she still basically lives her life as a white woman. 
-hmm. and uh so do her sisters pretty much more or less yeah Yeah. more or less yeah more or less yep okay let's see I, i guess i'll say one other thing about sort of how i got to where i was so i you did mention i worked at microsoft um i i re I recently retired from Microsoft about Woo-hoo. a year ago. I, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, I worked there for 19 years um, as a, mostly a manager type through the whole process in, uh, in consumer products. I, was, I worked in the office group, so Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and we did all the graphics work for that. So anyway, there was a there were two pieces of that that sort of really influenced the way that I process things. Mm -hmm. I think one was I worked on products that a broad range, I mean, a broad range, like everybody in the world uses kind of thing and not just functioning uh, people who can use a computer, but with disabilities. And Mm -hmm. we had to, super you know, we had to focus not on just the general use cases of how would, you know, a white guy used this computer, yet it was yeah. how your grandma would use it, how a disabled person yeah. would use it. And there's a lot of training around sort of empathy for, um, you know, the different ways people would use your computer yeah. and the different disabilities that people have in the process. And so you have to focus not just your political thoughts, but even my work thoughts were around you know, is this thing going to work for a broad range of people? And, and so there's that piece. And then the other piece was, as I, I was a manager of people. I mean, I managed at one point, I was managing over 200 people in my organization. Wow. And those people are of all races mm-hmm. and cultures and gender, and there's gender um, and gender identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there was not just all the personal experiences I had, but the management training around how to deal with a lot of not just the work stuff, but the personal stuff, because mm-hmm. we were managing them personally uh, through all kinds of things, not just work things, but personal things and life things. And um, it was just even to the point of, um, training around how to run meetings and make sure that everybody had a voice in the meetings and that different cultures use different techniques Mm -hmm. just through through the way that they were brought up and some cultures are quieter than others and it's disrespectful to talk and all these you know some people are very robust and microsoft is full of like a type personalities where you just run over people and it used to be the best idea and the loudest person won. And mm-hmm. We went through a lot of training about, you know, just how to listen to people and how to get people involved and make sure everybody had a voice and diversity matters and, and diversity makes better products. And so there was a, and I believe, I mean, you learned believe, those. Yeah, yes. I learned yeah. that. I didn't know that, it, you know, I didn't know that from the start and, I didn't even consider that at the start and mm-hmm. it took, you know, lots of different experiences to get sort of where I was that you actually, you have biases and you have unconscious biases and you have to examine those all the time to understand, you know, why this person in the meeting doesn't feel like they've been listened to and why yeah. this person reacted this way and how this person cut this other person off. And, and it wasn't, you know, 
all of these things that you yeah. sort of have to be able to process um, and understand. And so a lot of that training and a lot of that experience at Microsoft also sort of opened my eyes to a lot broader world and a lot broader how cultures worked and some of their, you know, biases and my own biases and that sort of thing too. So um, I, how it's influenced my politics, I, I, don't, I don't know if it has a lot other than just understanding that there's a bunch of different cultures and there's a bunch of different ways to live and, and being empathetic to, to that versus just my own personal, okay, I'm, this is the thing that I want and is good for me. What is actually best for the, the broader world or the broader nation or the broader people around me. And Mm -hmm. maybe I have to tell you, I, I, there's sacrifices in that. You have to give up some of your own things in order to make bigger Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yep. Right? Definitely. And that's the hard, that's, you know, sort of the hard part, which is, you know, I may believe this thing very strongly, but is it good for the betterment of the world or is it yeah. just only good for me and my thing? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. That's so, no, I like that. I really, really like that. That, that um, I think this, it's not just the conversations and not, it's not just switching your perspective and questioning your beliefs. It's what are you willing to give up? Like what, or, you know what I mean? Like, are you willing to give up some of your privilege? Are you really like willing to sacrifice some of these things that you've always had access to or whatever to like make sure that other people are included and we're, I don't know, growing together and stuff? Like, exactly. yes, yes. And yeah. a lot like of that. it, really a lot like of that. that too has to do with money, like taxes and uh, wealthier people. Like, are you willing to, to believe in that thing strong enough to, to be taxed a lot more than, than people who mm-hmm. don't have as high incomes as you do so that they can get more help mm-hmm. because they are the ones who need it really, you know? And like, mm-hmm. yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I diverge a lot from some of the, I mean, I believe in the social programs. I don't necessarily believe that my, the government is going to spend, even the Democrats are going to spend the money the way that I want them to. Mm-hmm. Well, no, right. no, of course not. Yeah. Everyone's in each other's pockets and there's corruption everywhere. And yeah. you know what I mean? There's so much more going on than like, obviously we will ever realize or, or be aware of and stuff. But Exactly. But, uh, but I believe that social programs and many of the social programs are necessary in order to move the country forward. And, uh, you know, a lot of the platform on the de- democratic side, I, I, I believe in and mm-hmm. I'm less and less believing on in the, Republican stuff. I don't know if it's because I moved to the big city and I've been corrupted by all these politics. <laughs> corrupted. You've been brainwashed. I've lost, You've got an I've education. lost my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I like oh to believe gosh. that, the, you know, I've seen a bigger world and I understand that there's a lot more to it than just my little piece of it or what used to be my little piece of it. And, and that, um, Yes, it takes sacrifice, but you need to sort of move the country forward in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And the reason people are causing a lot of, you know, protesting right now is because that's what they want. They want to move the country forward. Absolutely. Social change. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially this, like, 
this like time period in our life you know there's so much there's like we're living through history you know we're living through these things and yeah it's it's change and everyone's resistant to change you know yeah. it's like it's like just I don't know it's it's because it's scary it's like unprecedented you don't know like how things are gonna like end up and everything but it's just like for the greater good I like yeah. that I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I still struggle with, uh, I definitely struggle. Connor's sort of trying to convince me of this, but I definitely struggle with, I totally understand the peaceful protest part of it. I don't, I don't agree with the looting. I don't agree with the violence. And I understand a little bit in order to make, express your point in a very, you know, so people understand it. Mm -hmm. um, those things may be necessary. I don't know. Um, I have trouble with it. it I, I couldn't personally go bust out a window or I don't understand the person who does go bust yeah. out a window. I guess. Uh, well, I, and I, I, I don't know, like this is an, an opinion and I'm trying to educate myself on this as well, but um, it's the, the, sorry, it's the people are, are mad that you can point out like looting is bad. No, but like the, the level of violence that is being brought down on the black community uh, from, I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's what, compare. that's no. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. well, and it's just kind of like flipping that. It's not like, why are they looting? I don't, or, or not even that it's like looting is bad. It's like murder is worse. I'm sorry to laugh know, at that, but definitely true. But it's like, yes, it's, it's like, but like people are I mean, trying to protest peacefully and, and, you know, officers like uh, doing, dude, I mean, some, let's, some questionable things. No, it's to, like, no, people yeah, are like some, doing yeah, their best like, to, to keep things peaceful because that's what you wanted. Right. And like Colin yeah. Kaepernick too, like peaceful protests, but dude, he peacefully protests for years. And yep. I mean, he got blackballed from the NFL. Right. Yep. I mean, like there's, and I think that it's, um, also I can't like in this and, and this is such an opinion, we can cut this out later if we need to, but, um, in the world of black lives matter, um, I am not, I am not being oppressed in that, in that, um, environment. And so I am not going to criticize or critique how oppressed people are trying to gain power. Yeah. You're, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's just not, I, I can't even understand that type of pain. And like the, it's the, I mean, like all the things that are being switched around in there and, and I mean, and like, it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, people are being disrespectful. It's this, it's that. And it's like, I'm not saying that those things aren't true. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in the example of like, um, Kaepernick, like I'm sure, like, I mean, Drew Brees came out with a whole statement of like, I didn't, I didn't see, but now I do. Now right. I understand. Right. And it's, but it's that willingness to learn and grow through that. And that like, it, I just, in Black Lives Matter, that like, it's not, it's, it's, it's as simple as the black community asking, like, please stop killing black people please stop shooting unarmed black men yes I, I don't, and that's like systematic racism the, yeah the, you know the, and that's like a very bare like that's like the most bare minimum thing and the and it, when and then when people with, say no we're gonna keep doing that it's like well f then what well like, fuck what? you yeah and how then about, it's you know and, and then there's extra more conflict but when it's yeah. like, how about just treat people like fucking people? And then maybe we can get yeah, somewhere right? from that. No. But apparently not, you know? No. 
Well, and I mean, like, it's, this is a whole nother thing, but it's, I think it, it really takes a lot to, as, I mean, like, it takes a lot as a white American, like, shut up, Trista, no, but like, to, to take a step back and like, look at like, the, our, like, you, the United States very dark history of oppressing people, yes. of oppressing people of color, of murdering people of color, of, of using people of color to build this, this grand world power and uh, you know what I mean I don't know like it's 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 so much it doesn't it's not it's not the the one unarmed black man it's not George Floyd it's not the single person it's all of this these years of oppression and pain and I mean like it's I I listened to a podcast it's NPR's Code Switch and they have a way it's two people it's two journalists of color who break down a random issue like a housing issue and they can trace it back to a a, a race. It's it's it it was based in I don't know like a racially yep. charged like you, you know what I mean discrimination yep. or whatever. Like it's it's all these issues around us. And I mean like we want to talk about like people of color getting like like less healthcare and like even like when like I don't know. Sorry, I'm like I just no, I it's, get it. it's just so much more. You it's, know, it's just definitely. Yep. And this, it's and systematic racism. It is. Yep. It is. And it's I was these, like, what? Aren't we what getting is, better? We've, we've gotten so much better All, through my lifetime. It's just like, well, oh my yeah. God, much better. Yeah. But well, because you've, you've seen that progression, yeah. but it's just not enough, you know? Yeah, that, right. I, yeah. And then when you start, like you said, when you start actually examining the these end issues. result of a lot of these things you can trace back Divide. all the way through you know through where things are still the happening. very beginning you know like mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know and there's it's like I don't know it's something that I'm never I'm very passionate about these issues but like a lot of them are issues I'm not living this pain I'm not living that oppression you mm-hmm. know I'm yeah. trying to be a good ally and things like that and like it's not I don't know I think I don't know well, I, there's I, no I, I have to say um Totally. I come from that. I come almost every single one of these issues is not an issue that I really gave a lot of thought about. Right. Didn't affect me or didn't impact me in one way or the other. And so why should I care? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And so almost every single one of them I've had to sort of educate myself on, Mm -hmm. Oh, why does this matter? And what is it? Yeah. Yep. Check your privilege. Yes. Yeah. So um, Why didn't you know, I know I'm about this before? It. Because Idaho's education <laughs> system isn't good, or because or I, I mean, there's about it. I'm just this. Yeah, I've never just some white kid from it. Idaho. You know, it's it's yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. and I mean, like that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? That these systems were created by white people to serve. It's, it's, I mean, I'm using the word white, but it's like you're, it was created the by the majority yeah. Yeah. to help the majority. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like these systems aren't broken. They're working exactly the way they were designed to, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not right. I don't know. Like, but they were and, designed and broken. That, yeah. For no, broken oh, for no, everyone I, yeah, that they leave out. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, the thing is that it's not like it's, I don't know. It's, it is, I mean, these systems, they were, I mean, like when the constitution was being signed and it's all men are created equal, but it's like, there were still slaves at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like and all women. men are created equal, but like, yeah, you know yeah. what that means. Women couldn't like, vote and all those things. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. It just like, it all snowballs into, in, into itself. And I, and I think like, even for older generations, like it is, I'm sure that it is hard for you to realize like these issues are like, 
important now as they've ever been, you know, like it's not something that's like, Oh, we fix that. That's no, that's taken care of. Like, no, it's, it's not, you know, maybe just like a sliver, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, no. And it's, it goes, it's like, in my mind, it goes from like, like now racism, like socially, we know that's bad. Like, Oh, that's, that, that's a racist. That's bad or whatever. So it's not, it's not blatant racism. Now it's microaggressions. Mm -hmm. It's policies and procedures that leave out minority groups. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not the, it's shit you have to be aware of. You're, you need to be critical of, of what you're consuming of like how these things are affecting other people. But it, it takes that effort as the majority, as the majority of the white people or whatever in America to like stop and, and not have that. Well, this doesn't affect me mentality. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to take a lot more than like, I don't know, than just like, Oh, nope, not my deal. Like you need to be aware of these issues because they're impacting your neighbors. They're impacting, they're impacting human beings at the bare minimum. They're impacting like negatively impacting human beings. And you should care about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, that, I don't know. That's just like where I feel like I'm at with it. But anyways, yeah. there's just the, all that. <laughs> Tristan's so, famous ramble. <laughs> yes. I don't know, so, I'm- so, so I'll sum up it, sum it up on my side as yeah, well, go for which it. is uh, the topic of your whole podcast, which is I'm still growing as well. Yes. <gasps> Boom. That was beautiful. Chef's kiss Boom. from Trista. I think no, right? Like that's it's what we true. should be striving for is still, yeah. let's keep growing. Yep. Let's keep learning. Let's keep and, challenging our beliefs. Yep. Like, and being able to think your initial thought and be like, well, maybe I don't know about that. If I research into it more, if I learn, if I keep listening and I keep learning, then maybe my mind will change. And, and it's just, it's that much powerful. It's that much powerful. It's like, it's powerful to be able to, to grow from your previous mindset and to not be the same person as you were yesterday and to be able to keep moving and keep going forward because that's, that's my goal in life at least is like to never stop growing. I don't, I don't ever want to stop taking in other people's accounts or blah, 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 things like that. It's like, I, I'm constantly in pursuit of greater knowledge and greater acceptance of other people's ways of living and behaviors and knowing where they come from. And that's just like, I, I don't know, just the bare minimum, I feel like, is being able to to take other people's views into account when you think about doing something mm-hmm. for yourself. It's like, mm-hmm. sure, this could benefit me, but who's it going to harm along the way? I love it. I love it, dude. No. I, yeah, I think that. Yep. Thank you. I, yes, I think that we're just trying to grow. Like, we are all just trying to grow and learn, you know? And that should be the goal. That should, like, absolutely be the goal, you know? It's like, I can keep learning. I can keep growing. Even I can keep changing my, my views. And That's right. Even if you're an older white gentleman. <laughs> Even you though you're still an old learn. white guy. Old dogs can still <laughs> learn new tricks. That's right. <laughs> And Craig is proof, so yes. snaps for him. Yay, uh-huh. Craig. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, thank you so much, Craig, for being on our podcast. Like, we, I was really nervous about this. I feel like you're – because Casey's family and friends listen to this more, I feel like, than my people. This so I true. have – I feel like I had to, like, really do right by you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you did? Um, uh, how did I think I did? What'd you yeah. say? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will see when Beto gives me the fine. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think good. I think good. I like it. I like it. I want to, I, I think about this episode. I, my goal for this episode is to create conversation in like someone else's home and someone else's family. Like it's time for conversations to be had and like, I don't know, challenging of beliefs and just, and just the process of like it, you are a product of your like upbringing and it's like, it makes sense how your views were formed, but there's always room to grow. There's always Mm -hmm. way, I don't know, ways to improve. And that's like, I don't know, you're a really good um, example of that. So, yeah. Thank you. I was nervous too, I have to say, especially following last week's episode. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that was a good one. We've got some bangers. We've had some oh, yeah. some bangers recently. And this one I think is no exception. Uh, oh yeah, top notch. Top notch. Yes. Uh, thank okay, you so much, ladies. Craig, for being on our, our episode. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you um, letting me stay at your place for so long and being good. I don't know. I like really admire you and Linda and I appreciate getting to like learn more about you and get to like, I don't know, hang out. <laughs> Yeah, and me too. I mean, I we do, we don't really talk about um, p- politics when you were growing up, so it was nice to be able to learn where where you were at, like as a kid, because we only really started talking about politics quite recently. Recent. Yeah, recently, because yeah. I mean, well, your grandma and grandpa, you guys grew up like barely talking about it at all. It was like kind of hush hush because of the store. And like, I feel like it was the same way with us. Like we we just never really talked about it, which was kind of nice because then I get to form my own opinions and I didn't have you bringing breathing down my neck about um, like liking a certain president or or political party, anything like that. So that was nice for for Connor and I, I guess, but then um, we get to uh, come and talk like this or uh, have our discussions or almost more like arguments really with Connor, but. (laughs) Arguing on the same side, but still arguing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I have to say beta can cut this out or whoever does the editing, but the, the politics today are so much more divisive and it seems like almost life and death than it ever was before we didn't talk about politics when i was a kid or even when you were a kid really because it it wasn't anything like it is now yeah yeah. i mean there was always this oh if you don't vote for this person then the whole world's going to go to hell in a handbasket but i mean like now it's true yeah Yeah. right i mean there's way more truth to that right now um i also think it's interesting that i like that you brought this up because it seems like issues that shouldn't have political sides are being like politicized like uh, yeah yeah, thank you um we, I mean, we all know this, but COVID, like how COVID is, was handled, how it, I mean, like from the very get-go, like why should some, a disease be blue or red? Why should yeah. you, that? How is that a hoax? I mean, yeah, good, yeah whatever. It's, no, no. I mean, right though. I mean, like, I mean, we're all on the same page, but. Why is wearing a mask a political thing? Yeah. Yep. Or, and, yeah. No, and I don't, it's, I mean, it's, it should just boil down to science, but it doesn't. 
And yeah. like, you know what I mean? And I think that that just like, yeah, I think there are just issues. And I think that that's why it's so much more relevant right now than it ever has been is because there are issues that are being, some of them have like political basis, but I've, I've, like, like COVID doesn't and it's being right. It's, it's being othered like, Oh, you believe in that? Like, yeah. I don't, how can I believe? Uh, in yeah, because it's like, real. Because <laughs> it's real. I believe it because it's not mine? a thing that exists. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell exactly. you. <laughs> you no, know, like, so I think that, yeah, I totally agree with that, Craig. Like, it's like definitely in today's age, like, it's, it's in any conversation, I feel like it just comes up so much more than it ever has in the past. Yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. The Loved it when you came and stayed. Come and visit us again sometime. Love you, Casey. Love you, Dad. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate, we really appreciate your support and listening and all the above. I really love the positive feedback we've been getting from all of our episodes. So keep them coming. I look forward to it. We need that encouragement. Um, but, uh, uh, and, that's, been, and that's been words of affirmation. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. We, me and Casey both need that shit. So line it up, people. No, <laughs> no. We, uh, if you, if uh, you but, don't text me directly after this, podcast i'm gonna come to your house and beat you up just kidding that was oh, oh wow that was God, really mean so aggressive that was very aggressive that, that's i know my, that's, that's out of character role. actually trista i would like to i yeah i was quite out of character i last night we were talking about horoscopes and as we all know that I, trista and i are both cancers but my moon sign Correct. is aries and my ascendant sign is also aries which is a fire sign so just no that way. Sink in. Yeah. And I've always fucking wanted to be a firebender. And guess what? So that makes sense. Guess what, mother truckers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I may so be a waterbender, but I got some fire now? in me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, that, sorry. I, so I have, I'm just going to give a little shout out real fast since you just brought this up. Um, my good friend, Alex Rowley, she suggested a app for an, an upgrade of CoStar. So I know everyone has CoStar because that's the trendy thing. I also have it. I read it every day, but I think everyone should also get the pattern. It is more detailed. I like the layout. I just got the app. Um, and anyways, I think shout out to Alex for suggesting it. I love it so much. I already made Jaden download it and Casey actually. Yep. So go get that. If you're into horoscopes and like all of that good shit, astrology. I'm still learning myself. Thank yeah, you. Astrology. Um, but, okay. Um, right, are we thank you up? for listening. Yes. Thanks, I'm everyone. Trista Good Enough. I'm Casey Daw. And this has been Kia Still Growing. Yeah. Hey again. Uh, this episode was edited and produced by Beto Gomez, uh, hosted by Casey Daw and Trista Good Enough with Casey's guest and father, Craig Daw. Uh, original cover art by Casey, original music by Beto. So make sure to follow, subscribe, etc., wherever you listen. And thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Wood, wood. Do it one more time. Wood, wood. Nice.